Hey guys, what is up? It's Sydney Matone and welcome back to Small Talk with Sid, the podcast. So today's intro is going to be a little bit different. So before I introduce this week's guest, there are a few things I want to update you on. So first, I do have some really exciting news and that I'm now working with a producer for my podcast, meaning that I now have someone that's going to help guide me as I grow my audience. And what we did this past week is we did a deep dive into ways I can improve the show. And honestly, it was so, so insanely helpful and something I should have done a long time ago. But I think it's really healthy that I receive critique and get feedback. Otherwise, I get stuck in the same routine. And I think this is something that we're all guilty of. So it was such a breath of fresh air. And after hearing all the recommendations, I definitely can see the ways I can improve the show. So I'm excited to start making those changes and taking this thing up a notch. And with that, you guys are going to see some changes over the next few months. All good things. So just get ready for that. And yeah, I just wanted to update you guys on that. And one of the biggest tips I received is that I need to make sure that I'm connecting with you guys, right? My audience and making that personal connection. And full transparency, I'm aware that this is something that I maybe have a tendency to avoid. And I was listening back to some of my, you know, recent intros and I do tend to be a bit repetitive and maybe at times slightly robotic and I don't want to feel that way. I definitely want you guys to feel like each week when you come back and you're listening to another episode that you're getting that personal connection and it's almost like you're catching up with a friend and together we're learning something new and we're learning something new about my guest. I just need to work on, you know, being better at talking about myself because I'm really great with talking with other people. When it comes to me, I'm just like, um, what do I say? So anyway, so I will be better about that and I definitely want you guys to feel like you're making a personal connection with me. Anyway, lots of exciting changes and I am super pumped to grow with all of you. Now, with that said, let's meet our guest. Hey guys, what's up? This week I'm chatting with Peng Peng Lee, Chinese Canadian Olympic gymnast and content creator. Peng made her gymnastics debut in 2004 at the age of 11, competing in Elite Canada. Her gymnastics career quickly took off at a junior level where she received multiple accolades. In 2012, she qualified for the Summer Olympics in London, but unfortunately had to pull out due to an ACL injury. However, she did not let that injury keep her down, and she went on to join the Olympic team as acting captain. Later on, she went to compete at the collegiate level, where she dedicated six years as a UCLA Bruins gymnast. In 2018, she won the NCAA balance beam title and contributed two perfect tens to help the school clinch their seventh national title. That's right, two perfect tens. When chatting with Peng, I learned that her gymnastics career maybe wasn't exactly what she had planned for, but that no matter what, she always pushed through. Today, she has taken all of those lessons she has learned and has applied them to other passions like content creation, where she has 3.1 million followers on TikTok and acting and singing. So if you want to learn more about Peng's incredible journey, then keep listening. Oh, and by the way, I have to mention this episode was extra special for me to record because I used to be a competitive gymnast as well. And I was not at the Olympic level like Peng, but it was definitely fun to relate um, about gymnastics with her. Anyway, sit back, relax, and let's meet Peng. Hey guys, welcome back. I am here with the gorgeous, talented, stunning Peng Peng. And I'm so excited. Seriously, like such a ball of energy and like doing my homework for you was so much fun. So how are you today? I know you said you have a friend over right now. Yeah, no, I'm doing great. I have a friend over. Um, It's really nice just to have a lot of noise and liveliness in my apartment. I actually filmed a video right before I got on this call just to get an early start to the day so that uh, her and I can just film content later. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. 
We love a productive start to today. That's so, <laughs> so, so good. Cool. So before we like jump into like your story and everything, like what's going on in your world right now? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So my world's been kind of crazy. It's so different than what I'm used to. I grew up in the athletic community and I was an athlete my entire life. And now I get to be a lot more creative. So it's been really good because right now what's going on is I'm being create as creative as I can be. I'm working on music. I'm working on uh, my acting skills and just trying to enhance all of my uh different talents that I've wanted to pursue, just never had time to. So I feel like right now I'm in the building blocks of my whole new career. So it's really exciting. That's amazing. So where did you grow up? What's the background? Where'd you go to school and all that? Yeah. So I grew up in Toronto, uh, well, Canada. I was born in Toronto and then I moved to London, Ontario. <laughs> I always say I moved to London and everyone thinks, oh my gosh, you're British. I'm like, no, I'm not British at all. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, London, Ontario is two hours away from Toronto. And so I grew up in a smaller town, but then when I was eight years old, I moved back to Toronto and then went to school there, did gymnastics there. And basically my entire life was in Canada until I went to college. Wow. So, okay. We're going to jump into gymnastics. And also this is very exciting <laughs> yes. for me because I did gymnastics growing up, like up until 18 years old. Um, I just did varsity oh, gymnastics in high school when I did a little private on the side. Um, so yeah, this is really cool for me, but gymnastics you began I'm assuming at a super young age so what Mm -hmm. drew you to the sport and like why did you end up staying yeah so my parents both my parents are super super athletic Mm -hmm. and I started gymnastics when I was four years old and I think most gymnasts will uh can relate to this story but I was super hyper (laughs) I had a lot of energy I think I walked when I was eight months old so I actually skipped crawling and I just immediately started walking and so my parents were like gymnastics (laughs) gymnastics is the perfect sport for you so I got put into gymnastics when I was four years old. I asked to go into the competitive program when I was five, but then I actually absolutely started hating the sport. So I think when I started doing the competitive program, it just wasn't as fun for me anymore, but always growing up, my parents had us doing multiple activities. So when I quit gymnastics, when I was seven years old, they put me in like horseback riding lessons, theater camp. I did a pottery camp once. I tennis and golf were always um, the go-to. So I always did tennis and golf. I did singing lessons. I did piano lessons. So my parents like to keep my brother and I busy Mm. and gymnastics was one of those things that I fell out of love at an early age, just because the, it wasn't fun for me. It was a lot of conditioning. It was super intense. And I think when you're seven years old, you're not really looking for intensity. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really learning a lot of skills, but when I moved cities, when I was eight years old, my, there was a gymnastics gym that was really close by. And so we were looking at summer activities again. And my mom said, do you want to try gymnastics again? Since there's a really close gymnastics gym. Yeah. And I said, only if it was for fun. So then I ended up going to like a really, um, like a lower level gymnastics club. And I started getting routines. I started competing and I was having the time of my life. So then when I was 10 years old, I ended up moving gyms to a very competitive program. And that's when my gymnastics really started to blossom. Hmm. You know, I love that. First of all, a few things you said, I love that your parents like so encourage you to have fun with the sport. Cause I think, you know, especially being in that world, you'll have the parents on the other end of the spectrum where it's all about like, yo, we want to push you to be the best and um, kind of forget to have the fun in it. And the fact that you said at seven years old, I want to do this for fun is like, yeah, so mature for your age, which is insane. I remember for me, like I, um, similarly, I think I appreciated gymnastics more as I got older. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of gymnasts know it teaches you a lot of like real life lessons. 
And so, yes. um, yeah, for sure. It carries with you. So you went to the 2012 Olympics and I know there's like, kind of like a bittersweet story where like you made the team mm-hmm. and then you tore your UCL. Um, so want to talk about that? Yeah. 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 So, so, okay. After high school, I graduated in 2011 and I was supposed to go to UCLA, but I told my coach, my head coach, Ms. Valerie Condos. And I said, you know, I really want to go for the Olympics. Is it possible to defer a year? And she said, oh yeah, absolutely. No worries. Like go after your dream. And that was been my dream. I think ever since I was 10 years old and when my gymnastics started getting a lot better and I started to become very competitive. And I realized that the Olympics were in my cards, like I could do it. And I was at a gym that was able to bring me to that level. And I had a lot of athletes and teammates who went to the Olympics as well for my gym. So it was super inspiring in my gym and really exciting. And it had just been my dream my entire life, pretty much ever since I can remember. And I ended up taking a full year off after high school. So I completely dedicated my time to the Olympics and I didn't have any school. I was just training. I was fueling myself. I kind of had a Um, an external weight coach and all that stuff. So I put a lot of time and effort to make that Olympic dream come true. And my dream was always to bring back Canada's first Olympic gold medal for women's gymnastics. That was my dream. And that year I went to world championships. I was doing world cups and I was competing against the best of the best in the world. And it kind of proved to me that I was, you know, I was meddling and I was on podium with the U S girls and the Chinese girls and the Russians. It was just really, really cool for me because I had worked so hard and um, I had definitely an up and down roller coaster of a gymnastics career. So Team Canada, um, we didn't qualify initially to um, send a full team to the Olympics. Then we went to London, uh, which we actually competed in the O2 arena where the Olympics were held. And we had like a another qualifier. I ended up, I was on that team and helped Team Canada qualify a full team to the Olympics. So that Amazing. was the most exciting thing I remember. It was because for gymnastics in Canada, it's very, you know, we have amazing athletes and sometimes it's really hard to put a full five girls team or a six girls team or however many girls are going to be on that team that Olympic year. But it was so exciting because that team that year was, we, it was the most talented team I had been on and it was just really cool to root each other on. But unfortunately I was having a great year, a great time. Um, but at Olympic trials, which was our Canadian national championship. So a step to our Olympic trials. I ended up tearing my ACL. ACL, at, that's what it's called. Yeah, ACL. <laughs> yes. yes. I ended up tearing my ACL um, in warm up at a podium training. So it's like a training the day before you compete. And I just remember my whole life just like crumbled. Mm. I was didn't want to believe it. I, I ha- actually heard a lot of athletes tearing the ACL that year and even tearing their Achilles. I think just because that Olympic year, everyone's going for it. And for me, I was going into that year and I said, there's no regrets. I'm going to try everything possible. I want to throw the biggest skills that I can do. And that was, it was really difficult when I got the news that I had torn my ACL. I just remember being in the car, like, why me? I, I was bawling. Like I was Mm. distraught and I was only 18 years old. Wow. So, and I, for me, I was a year too young for the 2008 Olympics. I was 15. So there was no way I could have gone it. This was kind of like my one chance. And it's crazy because the Olympics really only come every four years. And for gymnastics, that's the highlight. That's the peak. And I missed it by a year just because I was born a year late. And so this was like 
my whole world had just shattered. Yeah. And so my parents were, my parents are the absolute best because they, they tell me, they say, oh, it's okay. You know, it, everything happens for a reason, but you know, there's always another Olympics or you have UCLA to look forward to. Cause I was supposed to go to UCLA that year. And so I think I took definitely a week to be really, really sad and just kind of be in my emotions. But my parents were saying, you know, you did everything that you could. It's not like you could have avoided it. You wanted to go for it. And I was thinking in my head, you know, you're right. I went into this year with no regrets. I absolutely, after everything, I have no regrets throwing that one skill that I tore my ACL on. I never competed it, but I think I would have regretted not trying it sure. if, uh, if someone were to hinder me from not throwing that skill. And to me, you know, you're young, you think you can do it. When, when you have your mindset, you can do it, then you got to go for it because I mean, failure is just a state of mind. And to me, I didn't fail by not going to the Olympics. I actually succeeded because it brought me to where I am today. And my parents, again, were, were just the best because they always have the silver lining for me. And they were just saying, well, now that your ACL is torn, you know, you could do acting lessons. We could do singing lessons. Like there's so many things we can do. And I think at the time, it was really hard not to think for me, like, why me? Why did this happen to me? And I definitely went into a very negative state of mind for about a week. And then my parents were really helpful just getting me out of it and um, just helping me see the brighter side of everything. And also Team Canada asked me to be their team captain and travel with them while yes. I was injured. So that that was absolutely amazing. It, even though it wasn't the Olympic experience I wanted, it was definitely a super amazing Olympic experience. I got to wear all the gear. I got to mentor the athletes. I traveled with them. I got to see the, the village. So it was a bittersweet moment definitely um, watching them was really tough but I was so thrilled to cheer them on and they the whole team actually wore little white flowers so that whole competition year I wore white flowers in my hair um that was kind of like my thing Love that. and team all of team Canada were wearing white flowers in their hair while they competed and they didn't tell me and it was it was just really amazing it was even though I you know it was a bitter moment it was the sweetest thing that could come out of it that I still had an Olympic experience and I was still able to be a part of the team somehow. Yeah. I mean, most gymnasts never even make it that far. So the fact that yeah. you got to be like a part of that experience is like insane. And I think now it's just kind of part of telling your whole story that like you're this vibrant person and you're doing all of these things and you could be like, well, I actually went through this really hard, bittersweet yeah. moment in my life. And I think now it just kind of like helps tell your story. So in the end, it all kind of like comes together. And I think it's super cool. But yeah, I'm talking 100%. about what age did you know that like, okay, wait, I actually have a shot at like being this at this level, whether it's UCLA yeah. or even the Olympics. I think when I was 11 years old, it, so I was actually not very good <laughs> when I was younger. I wasn't the greatest gymnast. I was really messy. But when I was 11 years old, when I switched gyms, they were super, super competitive. So they only had like national athletes. And so I, at 11 years old, that's kind of when I started to know, okay, I'm actually at a very high level for my age because I started meddling at a level above me. And mm -hmm. I started, you know, meddling with girls who are already on the national team and I was not on the national team yet. <laughs> and so yeah. at 11, 12 is kind of when I, uh, I started in my head, like this can actually, it's a real thing. I can do it. And I think my coaches believed in me so much. I think they were more so the eyes of everything like, no paying, like we can go to the Olympics and you know, that, that you can do it. I, I believe like you're going to be super talented and all that stuff. And so 
I think hearing that positive feedback from my coaches definitely helped put my vision towards the Olympics. And I think not until um, I started competing internationally is when I started to know it for myself Mm. because there were certain skills. I'm like, I can do those skills. I think I can do that. And so it made me really excited to go back into the gym. And I'm a little kid with a, you know, just like a big kid with a, yeah. I don't know, I don't know the phrase, but <laughs> when I was younger, I was just having fun and I was having so much fun learning all the, the skills, competing. And I think as I got older, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I was doing really well. And that's when um, I actually got another injury and it uh, took me out of the sport for a year. And not until, so that's kind of when I thought my gymnastics career was over. I was 14 with a really bad back injury. And actually 14. ended up, yeah, I ended yeah. up quitting for a year. Yeah. And I was told by the doctor, you know, he said, you probably will never be able to do gymnastics again. If your back gets any worse, you could become paralyzed waist down. So mm-hmm. I was, so that was when I was 14 and I completely took off the Olympics, took off gymnastics. I was like, okay, I'm going to do something else. Maybe tennis or golf. Cause it's not as strenuous on my back or I don't know, maybe I'll do acting or just other things. Mm-hmm. And not until I came back to gymnastics when I was 16, 17, and I started training again. And my goal was just to work my way up to UCLA. But then when I started training again, I was getting my skills back a lot faster than I had anticipated. And that's when I told my coach at UCLA, I said, Hey, I really think the Olympics are in my cards again. And I'm, I'm stronger than ever. I'm doing more skills than I was when I was younger. Um, somehow, some, some way, but I'd love to give the Olympics another shot. And I think I always believed in myself because I, I, I had great coaches growing up too, that said, like, if I put my mind to it, I can do it. Mm. And if I work hard too, with a great attitude. So I always try to go into things with a good attitude and whether it happened or not, I just have a lot of fun with it. I always have a lot of fun learning new skills and I have a lot of fun challenging myself. There's some things in gymnastics which I hate, like I hated conditioning and all the the physicality of it and working out, but I loved the new skills and I loved competing. So that definitely um, was my biggest drive when I was growing up, uh, pre-injury and post-injury. Yeah. And shout out to like all the people in your circle. I mean, between your parents and like your amazing coaches, like just goes to show you with like the right people around you and the right support, like look how far you can go. Um, And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. like been like setting the tone for like your entire life. So yeah. also, I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna let you answer it. What <laughs> were like your events, like the top events? Like these are, these are my babies. Vault, vault was not my baby at all. I hated vault. Actually, I didn't hate vault, but I love bars, beam and floor. Mm-hmm. And vault was just one of those things that was so challenging to me. I could, didn't understand it. I think I did the same vault for like six years in a row, just cause I just, I did not thrive on vault, but, and I kept getting injured on vault, but I, my favorite event to compete was floor because it was more like a performance. And, but my best event um, that I would score the best on was beam. Mm, yeah. What was like your, did you have like an iconic like mount or dismount? Was there something that like you were known for? Yeah. So I started doing, there's this thing called the home of flares. And if you ever see break um, breaking or break dancers, they do the flares on the ground. So they kind of look like windmills, but I do that on the balance beam, which only the guys do. And it's crazy because my coach loved giving us unique skills in our gym. And there were, I think 
three other girls who did the flares in my gym. I just so happened to be the last one to do it. Um, so I was kind of the last of the legacy of the flares for my gym, but I loved it. I learned that when I was 12 years old and I competed on the balance beam and I was known for, um, in my gymnastics career, I was known for unique skills mm. and I loved learning all the cool, crazy skills that no one else competed because whenever I competed, it was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you do that. And so even though it wasn't worth a ton, um, it kind of got downgraded as during my gymnastics career, but it was just really cool to incorporate because it just made me feel special while I was out there competing. Sure. And it like, it made it more fun. Like you just, you get to do yeah. things like you're having fun with it for sure. Exactly. Uh, amazing. No, my, my event was um, uneven bars. I just was, I was, I remember I was like more strong than flexible. So like for me, oh, like mm-hmm. that was more of my event. Um, and also, so you go to UCLA after the 2012 Olympics yes. and how was that experience different from you training wise versus like training post that pre that? Yeah. I, college is so different. I originally didn't want to do college gymnastics because I thought it was like elite gymnastics, like super intense, um, training for 25 plus hours a week. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I would, my goal throughout my gymnastics career was to go to the 2012 Olympics and then be done gymnastics and then do entertainment. That was kind of my, my trajectory. Yeah. Then my teammate went to UCLA and she goes, um, paying, you have to come to California and check it out because I'm having so much fun. And I'm like, wait a second, like you're having a lot of fun. Cause I remember her and her gymnastics career, you know, it was really difficult for her, um, with training and she was kind of by herself and, you know, there's, there were lots of tears (laughs) during her training and I'm like, you're having fun. Wait a second. I got to go check this out. So I went down to California, checked out UCLA and the environment was so different. Like it was fun, exciting, loud music, chaotic, and just totally up my alley. (laughs) Love of it. um just the energy of college gymnastics and I watched a gymnastics meet for the first time a college gymnastics meet for the first time while I was at UCLA visiting and it was totally not what I was expecting and I told Miss Val I said you know it's so much fun you guys look mm-hmm. like you're having a great time you're on a team individual championships don't really matter anymore when you're mm-hmm. in college so I um, ended up verbally committing to UCLA and it was the best decision of my life because I had learned so much while being on a college team, um, both being an athlete and a non-athlete. And it was, the difference is, is that elite gymnastics is super intense and you do it more for yourself. But in college gymnastics, it's also super intense, but it's not as of a high level. So you can kind of tone down, I toned down my gymnastics quite a bit. So I was able to last, you know, the four or five, six years I was there, but it's about the team. Yep. And I think for me, a big decision for me to go there was we don't have college gymnastics in Canada. So why not experience it if the opportunity presents itself? So for me, I was like, oh yeah, I totally would love to go to UCLA. I'd be in California, you know, the entertainment industry is here and um, I had a great time at UCLA. Yeah, I remember um, like a similar experience, obviously on a lower level, but like when I did club, like you said, it was so much more focused mm-hmm. on like the individual. And then when I did varsity yeah. gymnastics in high school, I just remember it was all about like, how can we together as a team, like really yeah. win this thing? And then competing against other schools was like the most fun. And everyone has like their little things yeah. that they do in their little ways that they, you know, get everyone excited for the meet. So um, yeah, there's no experience like it. And I think especially as you get older, like that feeling of like, you know, team and it's just there's nothing like it so I right. get why and you it's enjoyed so, 
it's so cool because in Canada, we don't have varsity sports. I mean, yeah. we do, but it's not as intense or as well-known as the States. So when I came to school, it was like, oh my God, you guys have fraternities, sororities. It was like, yeah. it was like the movies to me. And then, so um, the athletes were, you know, treated so well. And I, I had never experienced it. I mean, our Canadian national championships have like maybe 200 to 300 people. I'm going, I'm competing at a UCLA meet. We have averaging like 5,000, 6,000 people meet. So it was insane. And I just love the camaraderie with the other sports. And, you know, there's everyone wearing UCLA Bruins and it's just so different. So again, like I loved my elite career because it was so much fun to compete internationally and to compete for Team Canada and meet other countries. And here it was so much fun to compete against other schools and have that family uh, feel at school. Yeah. And honestly, even if you're not a gymnast, you guys watch UCLA gymnasts, like you guys have the most fun. Like you guys are just so much fun. Having it's the so most much fun. fun. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you were there for six years. So you stayed there yeah. longer than like your collegiate career, like because college is yeah. only four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then like just to wrap up like the gymnastics section, like looking back, like what's like a lesson that you've learned just from like your entire gymnastics career? Oh my gosh. I've learned so many life lessons throughout gymnastics. I think the biggest one that I've learned and that I've carried over to my current, you know, career right now is attitude is everything. Mm. And I think what I've, I used to be a very people pleaser when I was younger and I didn't really stick up for myself. And I think now, um, the biggest thing I've learned is it's okay to ask questions. And I remember I was injured and I was hurting so bad. And I went to weight training and I was just so afraid to ask my weight trainer to tone down the, my, um, conditioning portion. And I talked to my coach and my coach said, well, Peng, what's the goal? And I said, well, the goal is to get better and to heal. And he goes, okay, well then how are you going to talk to him to get to that goal? And I'm like, oh, you're right. (laughs) So I think for me, um, now I always have to think about the bigger picture and then I can think about the little steps. So even if I'm on set, or anything, or if I'm trying something new, because I mean, it's so scary to try something new now. And when I'm trying something new, I'm like, okay, you know what the goal is to just be 100% myself. And if they like me for me, then that's amazing. And you know, if they don't like me, then I'm, I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm not trying to fake my way into doing something. I'm just being 100% myself because the goal is for me to be 100% happy and to be, again, just 100% me and they have to be accepting of myself. And that's the biggest thing I learned because I would always, you know, kind of change character to make someone else happy. Or I would always I'd be like a chameleon. Right. <laughs> I'd always just transform myself. But I've learned the biggest thing in gymnastics is to be 100% yourself, to be happy with what you do and to be proud of yourself. And that's something I've taken into the real world because even if I'm so nervous to do something, I have to go into it with a great attitude, want be 100% me because if I hold back, then I'm not actually being honest with myself. And I'm actually doing a disservice to everyone else in the room by not being me. Right, 100%. And if they don't like you, screw them because I don't know who, yeah, exactly. I don't know, I don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. No, I love that so, so much. You, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and then just curious, just for my own curiosity, when it comes to like nutrition and stuff, because obviously, you yeah. know, being an athlete versus where you are now, how is like that differed? So when I was an athlete, I, again, I had really great parents and, you know, when you're younger, they give you the carbs talk and then they give you like, Oh, don't eat too much carbs or like, don't eat this, don't eat that. 
And my parents were like, my parents told my coaches, they said, well, she's Asian. Like she's going to eat rice. What do you expect? (laughs) Like you can't take it away from her. So because they were worried. I mean, I ate a lot as a kid, like I ate a ton, but I was so skinny. So I think they were worried that I would continue eating the way I was and just, you know, I would have that extra weight as I was getting older, but my parents were great. Like they really just made sure that, you know, this, you can't control her pretty much. And I was always really smart. I ate pretty healthy when I was uh, younger. I think, especially during competitive season, I'd always say, okay, I'm going to give up chips or I'm going to give up my snacks or what, like certain things that like, like cake or something, or I just eat things in moderation. Mm -hmm. I was never on a strict diet because I didn't like to diet and I don't really, it just wasn't my thing. And I thought, you know, I could eat things in moderation. And as long as I have my protein, carbs and right or protein, carbs and vegetables, I'm having a complete meal in a sense. So now, like, as I've carried on to my real life, like after I retired, I kind of just said, I hate dieting. Like, I don't want to eat healthy anymore. And I don't want to work out. So I kind of went on like a whole rebellious phase of like food and working out didn't work out much. I just ate whatever I wanted. I think I was fortunate that I was still dancing and still moving. So Mm -hmm. my metabolism was still up to speed. Um, but now I'm just trying to maintain my health more for, um, for myself, not necessarily to like look a certain way, but I like went to, um, a homeopathic doctor and they were just, I'm a very, acidic person so they were like okay we need to bring your acidity levels down because I started breaking out and like my um I was starting to overheat so there are just certain things that I eat now that I'm trying to more maintain like a consistent like not ph level but be new to be neutral sure (laughs) and like to make my skin better and so it's for definitely different reasons now that I'm eating healthy but um I definitely like to have things in moderation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Food. And I think your parents were great supports when like they really were all about like having a good balance and like you carry yeah. that with you. Like there wasn't such like extremes of like depriving yourself, which I think is like really important. Yeah. No, my my parents, especially in Chinese culture, it's like you eat everything off your plate. I think that was <laughs> like you eat every last grain of rice. Yeah. I think uh, my parents were, uh, my parents are pretty Americanized, but I think just in our culture, it's, you know, you have to eat. That's like, a big, big thing. So if, if I didn't eat, they'd be like, why, why aren't you eating? Like, why, why didn't you have a snack today or something like that? You know? Right. For sure. And what do you do now? Like I'm working out, is it just dancing or like, do you have other ways of working out that you love? Yeah. So, okay. So it's interesting because now I've had, I've had a lot of injuries. So I have to really be careful of how I work out. I don't do any weight training anymore. A lot of my training is mainly rehab. So it's like my knee exercises or my back exercises that I just kind of maintain Um, I love biking and I love playing sports. So like I'll play tennis, I'll play golf and I'll, I don't know, sometimes like I'll go biking. So I just, I'm not a very gym person, like workout classes aren't really my thing. (laughs) I'd rather save the money and go buy myself a nice meal. (laughs) But, uh, a lot of the times it's mainly like, again, the dancing and golfing or tennis or biking. Um, and a lot of the times I'm just trying to maintain my body so I don't overwork my joints because I my joints will hurt the next day and I'll be out for like a week. So I just have to be really cautious about how I approach a workout um, and just be smart around it. So I don't do a lot of intense, like intense conditioning anymore. Yeah, no, um, 
I relate to you again. I had a really bad injury my senior year of high school where like one of the landings that I did, it just didn't end right. And it's funny enough, I actually, uh, was, it's funny too, because I really, I was also captain my senior year <laughs> where I was. Oh my gosh. I know. So we have that in common. Um, I wore hey. coaching everybody, but now where I'm at now, I'm 24 and I'll be 25 soon, but mm-hmm. I tried going to the whole, doing the whole gym thing and I hated it. <laughs> and I think like, yeah. I kind of miss that, like, somewhat competitive feeling. So I just told myself, let me try to find a sport that's not going to be super hard on my body. And I actually yeah. just took up boxing recently, which it is. Oh yeah. And it is amazing. I mean, I'm like, I'm not like in the ring, like fighting anyone, but like, no, yeah. But that feeling of like a coach pushing me, I think I always, I, think I need something like that because unfortunately just getting myself motivated to go run on the treadmill and all that, it's, it's just, yeah. it's not going to do it for me. So again, that's like me, I, I love going, I'll go to the gym with friends. I, I mean, I like going to the gym just to do my kind of core exercises and yeah. my knee exercises, but I, um, I think I'm over pushing myself to the limit. <laughs> like I've had so many, you know, I feel like times where I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't know. I'm kind of over that feeling, yeah. but I do enjoy, I took up a boxing class recently and I love just doing new things. Like yeah. I love trying new things. So for me, just being able to do different sports or being able to, you know, either do like fight classes or just something different I love and I think it's just more like just the monotonous gym like elliptical that kind of stuff I'm not as excited but if it's something new um that I haven't tried before I'm all for it it's so weird because I was even thinking about this like when we were younger like our schedules were so crazy there was like yeah. gymnastics and then there was like school and like we were doing so many things at once and I think that's why we crave that now as adults because it's like yeah. like what am I what's new now like what am I doing so I think that's why we're like always craving to like new challenges and exciting new things as adults um because it gets harder for like to be exciting sometimes oh my god um, oh yeah 100 percent after yeah. college is so hard or any, anytime yeah. after school just because you're in such a routine I mean when I think about it you went to school since you were like five mm-hmm. or even younger you always had like to look forward to the next class or the next exam or the next final or like you learned new things you have recess you have your friends then after school it's just kind of depressing right I mean it is really hard adulting was not as glamorous as I made it out to be in school it's so but true. It, it took a while for me to just have that transition phase it took a really long time just because you're trying to find out who you are you're trying to your friends kind of all move away and you're not as surrounded by your group of people anymore and um I really learned to appreciate the little things like if I can go golfing with my friends I'm like oh I'm looking forward to that day (laughs) because I get to see my friends and I get to go golfing and I get to do something new and um it definitely took a while to transition out of college Yeah. I always say like, put something in your schedule where it's like something to look forward to. I think it, it, it like, I too. Yes! Oh my God, we're the same person. <laughs> Amazing. Um, no, and I was also going to ask you kind of related to what you just said, like how my mental health has been something I've never really thought about as a child. And I think now yeah. as an adult, it's something that I, you know, think about a lot now. So what are like some ways you now are taking care of your mental health? It's so crazy. I had never taken care of myself. <laughs> like I was one, I, I'm one of those people who hates being alone. I don't like, I'm a huge extrovert. I do not like being at home. Are you? I and couldn't tell. I just, <laughs> right. But it's so, it's so funny. So over quarantine, when we were all quarantined in 2020, it really forced me to be by myself. And I honestly, mm. it was kind of like, I took that time to really think about my mental health. I never really thought about my, my mental health, but I had this like anxious feeling. And I was like, 
on the verge of tears a lot of the times when I don't know why, but I, I, for me, I couldn't figure out why, but I had had that feeling after I graduated and it was, I couldn't tell and I couldn't really put it into words. And that was the best time for me to really be with myself. I had not been with myself for that long. My schedule wasn't busy. It really forced me to understand why we go through life. And it's not just because we go through life to get a status or we go through life to be successful. I mean, that's to me, that's like on the wagon. <laughs> like you pull the wagon and that comes along with it. But yeah. I realized, especially for me, I get really anxious if I don't have a goal or if I don't have, um, if I'm not at the level that I need to be. I went through a lot of really dark times and I was putting so many negative thoughts in my head. And it's kind of like everything I had learned in gymnastics that was positive, like I crumbled and threw away. Like I, it was so weird. I, like I had learned so many life lessons in gymnastics, but for some reason I couldn't apply it to the real world because I had almost reverted back to when I was like a kid, when I started something new. And so I had to realize like, okay, I'm starting something new. It's going mm. to be hard. I have, I'm going to fail. I'm going to go up and down. And it, to me, I get sick when I'm stressed. Like I get physically sick and I've learned that my stress and my mental health is actually super important. Yeah. And I, again, I bottle things in when I was younger, I used to bottle things in and not talk about it, but I would get sick. So now when during quarantine, I was very vocal about how I was feeling. Music has been a huge part of like my home therapy. And I had done it when I was younger, I think just naturally, but now as an adult, when I'm like feeling anxious or feeling any type of way, I've done a lot of, um, kind of, it's my, it's my therapy. Music has been my therapy over the years, but it took a while to figure that out. And I'm still going through it. I think I'm still going through how to deal with my mental health. And I've just surrounded myself with great, great people. And again, like what you said, I plan things throughout my week to look forward to because I'll be working or, you know, I am super hard on myself sometimes. I'm, I can be a perfectionist with my work, but in reality, what I've learned is that like life is just about those memories you make with the people that you love and, and the success and all that stuff is kind of a, a wagon that comes along with you. And it's amazing when that comes, but I don't need to force it to happen because that's what I learned in athletics. You make things happen. You, you are the winner. You, um, if you work hard, you're going to make it there. But in reality, in the real life, you work hard, but sometimes it, there's timing and sometimes there's a little bit of luck. And, you know, so what my coach used to say is you prepare for the opportunity. So right now, you know, I'm working really hard and instead of forcing something to happen, because I think when you force something to happen, you can get really discouraged if it doesn't happen. I'm focusing more on working really hard and being proud of myself for the baby steps that are happening. Because again, my mental health, I really need to focus on my anxiety. And mm. I've learned that I do get really anxious if nothing's happening, if my schedule's not booked, I feel like I'm behind. I think like, I just get really in my head. And so I'm trying to now think about, okay, I did this today. I'm really proud of myself for doing this. I am in a new industry. I am doing something completely different. I'm really proud of myself for getting this done or for trying this or, um, okay, this didn't work, but you know, I'm really proud of myself for just even going for it. So just trying to change my mindset has been really difficult after college, just because of that like gut pit feeling that it, I couldn't figure out why, but I realized that it was 
because I was anxious because I was trying to force things to happen. <laughs> mm, I love the wagon um, analogy that you used because I think we live in a society where like so many people are trying to achieve like status, whether I get this amount of yeah. followers or I get to this level in my company or I have this amount of money or whatever it is. Like I think like right. people you have to be so authentic to yourself and realize like there is a purpose in your life. It's just, you got to like allow it to happen and not force it so much. And, um, yeah. and I think that's a struggle. A lot of people have because we so badly like want things to happen like right away. And now, and in my right. time, especially like in the world of like instant gratification, I want things now oh my when, gosh, I, yes. when I say I want them. Um, but I think it's so beautiful the way you worded it, just like, like allowing it just to be and preparing for the opportunity, like you said. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, cause every, everyone's story is different. Sure. So like when I talk to my parents, like their story is different. Then you look at other people's stories. Everyone's story is so different. And I think I definitely was getting into the mind of comparing myself yeah. to other people. I'm like, oh my God, people my age, they're ready a house. They're married. They have kids. Like they're so successful. And so to me, I, 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 you know, graduated later. I graduated when I was turning 25. So I felt like I was behind, but then I'm thinking in my head, you know, I actually had a great career before 25. Like I did a lot of things that were amazing for myself. I mean, most people don't do enough. Cause I think at some point I was like, Oh my God, why did I even do gymnastics? I'm behind in life now. Like it was, I was getting really negative and I don't think I've actually been open about this at all, but it was to a point where I needed to change my mindset because I was, again, it's just hard. The transition is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, and you're doing it on such a grander scale. So I can imagine, but I think again, one other point you made, like it's about the memories that you make. And at the end of the day, like when, you know, when you get older in life and you look back, like, it's not like necessarily like that gold medal medal. That's going to be like the most important memory, like sure. Great accomplishment. But like, did you laugh along the way? Did you have fun? Like, did, did it build you as a person? Um, did you impact people along your journey to me? Like, that's the most important thing. I think that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I love that. So again, Hi. like switching into like <laughs> your passions now, like singing, acting, let's talk, let's talk about mm. that. Let's talk about that. What are you doing now? Yeah. So I was, I just signed with an agency, um, pre COVID and it was my first, like I got a manager and I got a, an agent and it was so exciting. I was like, Oh, this is it. Like my acting career is going to start. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was really interesting because I, I had taken acting classes. Um, ever since I was, I did a theater camp when I was like six years old and I was Mrs. McDonald and like a musical and I had so much fun. And so ever since that, along with gymnastics, I'd always been interested in the arts. So mm. My whole life I'd done singing, I'd done uh, piano, and then in high school I picked up guitar, but it was, um, music has always been a part of my life and even acting. So when I was injured, I did Sunday acting lessons in Toronto. And then after school um, at UCLA, I ended up taking a bunch of acting classes just because I, well, I've always wanted to do it. I just never knew how to get into it. And Mm. I didn't have really any mentors to help me at the time. But again, I was like, I would regret just not trying it. Like, I think if I just got an office job, a nine to five, I would just regret not trying entertainment because I never had time to when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I knew that I, I could do it and that I really wanted to give it a shot. So anyways, um, during COVID, when all that kind of happened, it was kind of depressing because I felt like my career was starting, but then it stopped. And then I also didn't have any opportunities to do acting or do anything. But I think for me, um, again, I think going home for quarantine was the best thing that happened to me because I was able to really take care of myself. I actually kept myself really busy and I started creating a lot of content (laughs) and it was crazy because 
Um, I, a lot of people had told me to get on TikTok and I'm like, I never had a vine. I was like, I'm too old for this. I don't right. know what it is. And I ended up just going on TikTok because my Instagram and my YouTube. So a lot of my social platforms were all gymnastics mm. and it was really hard for me to transfer out of that gymnastics image. And I said, you know what, I'm going to get a TikTok and I'm just going to do what I love, just do whatever and just have fun on the app. And so it was funny. I just did it for me. I, it took me like three months to get to 10 K <laughs> and I was just having a lot of fun. Like I, I was just having fun trying the trends and doing the dances and it, it kept me so busy over quarantine. Um, and my parents were like, what are you doing? I'm like running around with my ring light in the house. <laughs> I'm like going outside. I'm like changing clothes. I have makeup on. They're like, why are you all dressed up? Yeah. And so, um, but I, I was, again, I was just having fun, just trying to keep myself busy. And it was crazy because I posted one video and it started going viral. And I was thinking in my head, oh my gosh, this is crazy because it has nothing to do with gymnastics. I can't believe it. Because again, my whole life I had been affirmed and successful in gymnastics. Mm. So it was almost like that little kid feeling of, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe like this is going viral. And um, it just was something so artsy, like very different. And it was like a mere transition. I had like turned to a zombie of some sort. I don't know where I got this idea from, but I just wanted to try it. Like I, again, I just love trying things. And then after um, I started posting a lot more like editorial videos or editing videos of transitions and all that stuff, my account started to get bigger than my Instagram, which was crazy because at the time, like I thought, you know, 75K on Instagram was a lot. So, and now you have over 3 million. It's crazy. It's yeah. so crazy. And my, my parents didn't even know they were like, they didn't really know what I was doing. And I kind of was just having fun with it. And I didn't tell, I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't tell anyone about my TikTok. I didn't, it literally was just for me to have fun with. Are you the girl and, on TikTok? No. <laughs> yeah, right. So it, but again, it was, it was so much fun. And now I've been doing a lot of content creating. I've, um, was able to sign with a new agency and it has opened up so many doors for me to really pursue singing and acting and to even just do all the things I wanted to do just was ne never had the time to. So take, I'm so thankful that I got on the app and I'm so thankful that I was able to just kind of be in a free mindset mm -hmm. that I didn't care what people were thinking about me. I didn't care what, um, what exactly I was doing on the app. I was just experimenting. I was just having fun. And I'm just so thankful for um, like all the people who are following me because it has given me that opportunity to be where I am today. And it's, it's so crazy. Like it happened fairly fast to me in my head. And, and the fact that I can do other things besides gymnastics and show the world like other things that mm -hmm. I am capable of. It's such an amazing feeling because definitely after college, like I felt like I will never achieve anything as successful as I was in gymnastics. Like I remember telling my mom that in high school too. And I'm like, I'm so nervous that I won't be th at the same level as gymnastics. And my mom was just saying, no, like you will be at the same level, but in a different aspect. It doesn't have to be in medals. It doesn't have to be in competition or like ranking. You're going to be like successful because that's, it's going to be something different. It's completely different, like apples and oranges. And so that you have to put really yourself in a box. Exactly. And yeah. I don't like being put in the box. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not. Yeah. <laughs> Would you remember the video that like one of them that blew up one of the first ones that went viral? Yeah, it was, it was my zombie video. I was, it, that was my it. parents. It was, 
I don't, and it had nothing to do with my page. Like it was just so random, but it, <laughs> yeah. the sound was trending. And I remember, I love taking trends and just putting my own twist to it. And I remember going in front of my parents' bathroom mirror and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I was like in front of the mirror and like my reflection turned around and I was a zombie. I don't, like, I don't know how I came up with these things. Your brain. Like, <laughs> my brain, my brain functions very differently, but yeah. um, it was funny because I bet that's when I started to get really into editing. And I was, I downloaded Final Cut Pro. I love Zach King, who is like an editing master. And mm -hmm. he does all these special effects. So I'm like, how does he do his editing? And I found out he does it on Final Cut Pro. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So there's certain things he does on Final Cut Pro. So I started looking up like how to do special effects on Final Cut Pro. And I was really interested. And it was just to keep my time busy at the time. Cause I'm like, I have nothing else to do. So then that first video, the viral one, was me in front of the mirror turning into a zombie. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Um, okay, cool. And then also I know that like on YouTube, you have this show called like the Honestly Show. Is that yeah. something is that something you're still doing or so we put it on pause because of COVID and we wanted to have it very authentic when we were doing the show. We wanted the guests on the show. And because it, we thought it was just harder over Zoom at the time and I was editing everything. So mm -hmm. I filmed it all. I had my camera. I set it up. I was kind of like director and producer of the show, I guess, if you will. And same with my friend Janae, but I was editing the whole show. So it was really um, time consuming, but I, we loved hearing the stories of other athletes. And I think that's what I, that was at a time where my teammate Janae and her last name is Honest and my last name is Lee. So it was Honestly. Oh, cute. <laughs> but we, we wanted to ask these athletes and not even athletes, but influencers or like business people just to see how they got to their career. Cause that was at a point where we had no idea what we were doing. Sure? Like we, we had no direction and it was just really cool to hear the stories. Cause you see people so successful, but you don't hear about the journey that often. And it's a good reminder that you are where you need to be. You don't need to be like, worried about your behind or you're not doing enough or anything like that because I think today if you're proud of yourself for what you did then you're right where you need to be so it's just a good reminder of hearing all those stories and unfortunately the honestly show isn't up right now but I would love to get back to it because it again I was so me and Janae were just so inspired listening to all these people we were sitting there speechless and we were just listening and I felt like yeah. we were in a um it, motivational speaking um I'm speechless event. by you girl I mean this is why I, mean, I mean that's why I love doing what I do um do you <laughs> do you have a favorite guest that came on or someone that like really stood out to you oh I think the football players really stood out to me because sure you don't did. hear from them <laughs> <No>. much <laughs> well it's funny they're our friends yeah. too so okay. we knew them from college but yeah it was just funny because you don't hear them talk about their struggles mm. much I feel like especially, especially guys too I was just gonna say that yeah yeah, they, I mean, maybe because I'm not in a men's sport too, that I never really um, like looked up the interviews of male gym or not male gymnasts, but male athletes. And when they were talking about, they were actually in a dark place. Like they had to look for help and um, you know, they really focused on nutrition. It, it kind of shocked me in a great way because I have a brother and he, you know, he wasn't an athlete necessarily, but he also, you know, he went through his own thing and I, I look at, I think maybe the image that I have of men is that they're strong. They're nothing really gets to them. And, mm. you know, sometimes I feel like they're not as sensitive. They just don't like, it's not like to stereotype them at all. It's just, that was the image I had in my head, especially growing up as an athlete, because for me as an athlete, 
you don't put on a face, even women, like you be senseless. <laughs> you don't want to show your emotions, sure. um, anything like that. So I think for the football players, to me, it was really awesome to see their emotional side and also how they got out of it because it just shows that we're all human. We're all the same. And it was super inspiring because they're super successful now. And I would have just thought, oh, they just worked really hard. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to go through anything, any struggles to me, but it was really, um, it was really cool to see. And it also very, it was very humbling to see that as well, that they went through their ups and downs in their own way. Yeah. Guys don't talk about it enough. And I highly, any guys listening to this, I highly encourage, I mean, even women too, but there's a TED talk by Jason Baldoni. It is so insanely good and talks about like men, like not being able to like open up and other men like holding each other accountable. So uh, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to like wrap up what, where do you hope to see yourself in like a year from now? Oh, a year from now, I hope to be, um, well, one, I hope to be doing the same thing I'm doing now, creating content (laughs) and just, um, hoping that more people, you know, can join the penguin family. That would be amazing, but also to be acting and singing and to, um, actually put stuff out and not be afraid to go for it. And to, again, kind of like my TikTok, to not care what people think I'm doing it for myself. Like I'm doing it for my penguins and my fans. And it's just, we're in one big community going forward. And because I mean, it is scary. Like I would love to release music and I, I have, you know, been working on stuff. It's, I'm, you know, it's scary. <laughs> it is scary to do that first step. And even my acting, I just um, got my an acting role uh, as a guest star. And it was my like my first real acting thing that I'm Amazing. doing. And it was so scary. I was so nervous, <laughs> but I hope to continue to um, book shows and book hopefully movies and um, again, do uh, release some music in the next year. So good. By the way, as you're talking, I have you ever gotten that you look a little bit like Brenda's song? Have you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny? So I went, okay. So funny story before I end, I don't know if I'm talking too much. No, but, no, no. But we went um, to the SBs because I have, I was in a school, a sports marketing class and we, the SBs was like our big school um, field trip. So I got all dressed up. I'm like at the SBs. I'm like feeling myself. And then this one girl goes, oh my gosh, it's Brenda's song. And I'm like, oh my God, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, no, don't come over. Don't come over. It's not me. And then um, this other time I was at a UCLA soccer game and this little kid, he was like four or five years old. Yeah. He came up to me and he goes, hi, you're the girl from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And all my friends are like, you should have just said you were. Cause I, he was like, oh, okay. And like walked away. And I'm like, oh, I felt so bad. <laughs> All I'm saying I get that is all the time. If you ever did a TikTok video dressed up as her, it would blow up. That's all I'm saying. So you're welcome. I, I did. Idea. I actually tweeted her when I was in college because everyone was telling me I looked like her and she tweeted yeah. me back. So that was really cool. I was like, oh, apparently I'm your Canadian twin. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, Peng, you were so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And oh, I thank you for having me. Hopefully one of these days we can meet in person or something and do some yes. tricks together. So yeah. Yay. All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, and that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Pang. I know that I did, and my inner gymnast was thriving. If you want to follow her, all of her social will be in the description of this episode. And with that said, please be sure to subscribe so you're the first to hear when new episodes come out. Rate and review. It really helps from a growing podcast, and it lets me know what you guys like, what you don't like, and I just love hearing your feedback and connecting with you. So it really means the world, and I thank you in advance. 
also with that said um i hope you guys have a great rest of your week and just i hope you learned something new today and just add a little positivity to your day but sending you all the love and i will chat with you guys soon have a good one bye